morning. I need to just um, apologize at the start that uh, I hope my, uh, my voice lasts and doesn't run out, but um, I was at a wedding yesterday, my nephew's wedding, and um, the disco was quite loud, and talking over that disco was quite a challenge, and so um, I feel a bit husky, but anyway, I will do my best. So Sabbath and rhythms of rest. I wonder what you think of when you hear the word Sabbath. I wonder what comes to mind. And if I was then to go on and say, what do you think of when you think of Sabbath in the Bible? I wouldn't mind betting that um, probably, quite likely, you're going to come back with things like, well, it's the seventh day of the week and God rested. And you might quote some of the, um, the difficulties that Jesus had in the Gospels when he um, did things on the Sabbath that others thought he shouldn't do. Um, because it wasn't right in their view to heal and work and so on on the Sabbath. And Jesus thought uh, had slightly different perspectives. Because there were lots of Sabbath rules. And um, while I was thinking about this subject and reading round and looking at what some of the Sabbath rules were, I discovered that um, there are other ridiculous laws and these are all from the U.S. If you're from the U.S., I apologize, but um, these are rules in the U.S. If you keep your donkey in a bathtub in Georgia, you'll be arrested. In Harper Woods in Michigan, it is illegal to paint a sparrow and sell it as a parakeet. <laughs> Have you ever done that? <laughs> I wonder. I have to say this is my favorite, I think. If you live in Vermont, it is illegal to whistle underwater. And if you live in New Jersey and you are a man, you may not knit during the fishing season. There you go. I guess only in the US, but actually to be fair, we have our own ridiculous laws too, don't we? They were made probably for very good reason when they were made and then things change and the laws don't keep up and you get to the point where you wonder why on earth was that law made? So what has this got to do with the Sabbath and what's more, what has the Sabbath got to do with emotionally healthy spirituality? It's a good series, isn't it? It's challenging. If we only look at the gospel mentions of Sabbath, then we don't get the right perspective. We have to go back further than that. Because if we only look at the gospel, then, or the gospels, then we hear things like you may not heal on the Sabbath, you can't harvest grain on the Sabbath, you can't work on the Sabbath. And to avoid falling into the traps of what might be work, more and more and more rules were made so that you didn't get even anywhere close to work. And so, for example, it became, I don't think this is true now, but it became illegal to spit on the Sabbath. I don't know if you're spitters, but anyway, it's illegal. It was illegal to spit on the Sabbath. Spitting isn't work. Plowing 
is work. And if you define plowing as moving dirt to make a, a trench or a furrow, when you spit in the dust, you might cause a trench or a furrow to be made. Therefore, you're plowing, therefore it's work. And that was the level of kind of rule about Sabbath. And you can only think that when, if you lived in those times, keeping the Sabbath was hard, hard, hard work, which is a bit of an irony, really, when you think about it. So our view of Sabbath can be very influenced by these things. We have to go back to Genesis to begin uh, looking at Sabbath. And Genesis 2, verse 2, you'll know these verses. On the seventh day, God rested. He rested from work. And a little look at that word means that he stopped, he ceased, he ended. And by definition, he rested. And then it says, importantly, that God consecrated it. He blessed it. He set it apart and made it holy. I.e., that is, he made it different to other days of the week. And that's our first challenge. He made it different. And I'll come back to that. The next development of the Sabbath was that... Um, the Israelites had been freed from slavery in Egypt and they were wandering in the desert. And God provides manna, the food that they had to go out and collect every day. And the instruction was, if you remember, collect your daily portion, but on the sixth day of the week, collect double. At any other day of the week, if you collect double or more than you need, it won't keep, it will rot but on the sixth day, you can collect double so that you do not have to labor on the Sabbath. You do not have to work. And that set the children of Israel apart from all other people. No other people had a day off. If you think about when they were in Egypt and slaves, they had no day off. No other nation had days off. This made them different. And he's also, God is also reminding them of their freedom. It's an important point. You could say that in doing this, in saying to them, you don't have to go out and collect your food on the Sabbath, that God was giving them a gift. So, so far we've said Sabbath is different from other days of the week. Sabbath is a gift. And then the next significant development in the Old Testament, Exodus 20, it's the Ten Commandments. And I have to say, to my shame, when I was looking at this, I had forgotten that keeping the Sabbath is a commandment. Not a choice, it's a commandment. So we have the Sabbath is different. It's supposed to be a different sort of day. The Sabbath is a gift and it's a commandment. And I wonder, if you look at Sabbath in those lights, in that light, 
How does that compare with what you do to Sabbath? I suspect the truth is, for most of us, it's actually quite hard to tell the difference between your Sabbath and any other day of the week. The difference might be that on every other day of the week, uh, well, five of them anyway, probably you work and you get paid for that. Or you do other sorts of work that you don't get paid for. And then what do you do on a Sabbath, on your days off? You work, don't you? You shop, you clean, you do the laundry, you do all the other stuff that has to be done. And the pace of life on those days is no different from the pace of life on the other days of the week. And that's a challenge in itself. I had to laugh a couple of weeks ago because, um, well, (laughs) I had to get the tire pressures on my car checked. And it's a long story, but um, I won't bore you with the details. Suffice to say that I tried to do it myself (laughs) and succeeded in making the situation rather worse than it was to begin with. So I had to go and get it checked properly. And um, it was a Sunday. I happened to have um, popped into Sainsbury's on a Sunday and then I had to go find somewhere open that was going to do it properly for me. And I went to QuickFit. And um, (laughs) QuickFit was so busy. There were people coming, people going, the uh, engineers, whatever, were rushing around. And the fellow that um, checked my tires came in and he was puffing and blowing and he said, I don't know, he said, this is supposed to be a Sunday. Don't people go to church anymore on a Sunday? So I said, "Um, actually, I've been. (laughs) And he looked at me and did not know what to say. But it made the point. It was a Sunday and it was no different to any other day of the week. And that, I think, is um, in a sense part of our problem. And I am not for one moment suggesting that Sunday has to be your Sabbath. Because um, for me, you know, I've been a nurse for many years and um, I'm now a chaplain and I work many Sundays, many Sundays. So my days off have had to be on other days of the week. But have I Sabbathed? No, most often I haven't. And I think we have lost the art of Sabbath. I think we've forgotten that it's a gift. We've forgotten that it's a commandment. And we don't know how to do it differently. We've forgotten the benefits. So I come back to that question. What do you do to Sabbath? Is your idea of Sabbath still that you're supposed to uh, spend it on your knees, spend it in prayer, spend it in worship, go to church two or three times? Well, I have to say this quite carefully. (laughs) It doesn't sound terribly attractive, does it? And I don't suppose it would be kept in that pattern for very long. Might be cast out as a heretic for saying that. (laughs) So I took a look at what the Jews of today do to Sabbath. And it might surprise you. The Jewish view of Sabbath is that um, it isn't a day of prayer as such. Yes, they pray. Yes, they go to the synagogue. But they certainly don't spend all day there. 
And what really caught my attention was that it is, a, it is the day of the week that they eagerly look forward to all week. Is that how you feel about your Sabbath? Do you eagerly look forward to that day all week? The Jews do. Sabbath for them is Shabbat. That's what they call Sabbath, Shabbat. And they spend all day saying, Shabbat Shalom, the peace of the Sabbath. So I would say it to you, Shabbat Shalom, and you would say to me, thank you, Shabbat Shalom. It, of course, begins at sundown and ends at sundown. And it is a day of feasting. That's what they do on Shabbat. They feast. Yes, of course, they eat on other days as well. But on Shabbat, they eat lavishly, leisurely. When did you last have a leisurely meal? Rather than a quick one in front of the television, or you gulped it down because you've got to go on and do something else, they had a leisurely meal. They remember the command to Sabbath. They remember that they are free. They rest from work. Yes, they worship. But they do things, and I think here is one of the keys to Sabbathing well. They do things that are life-giving and life-restoring. So if instead of saying to you, how do you Sabbath, I said to you, what are the things that give life to you? What are the things that restore life for you? We might be getting closer to how we Sabbath and how we Sabbath well. And that might be with others. It might be on your own. We're, we're different, so we Sabbath differently. Three or four weeks ago, my family were uh, celebrating my mum and dad's 80th birthdays. Dad was 80 in July, mum's just turned 80. So between the two, we, um, we had some celebrations. And one of the things that we did was we had a family day. It happened to be a Sunday because we're a complicated working life family and uh, lots of us do shifts of various sorts. So it was a Sunday. And we went to Drusilla's. And we spent the day looking at the animals and delighting in creation. Yes, we were worshipping. Yes, we were thinking about God. And then after we'd done that, we went out for afternoon tea. And we had the leisurely meal. We laughed. It was fun. We enjoyed each other's company. And that was a Sabbath for my family. It was a lovely day. It was life-giving. It was relational. It was restorative. We rested that day. It was different and it was a gift. And I know that kind of family day isn't um, something that some of you might be able to do very well or very easily. I know it's not everybody's idea of a gift. And some of you might not want to Sabbath in company. I know that. What does it for you is the important question. 
And I'm not for one moment saying that coming to church and worship and prayer and so on isn't part of Sabbath. Of course it is. It's how we weave it together. But going to church doesn't make the day a Sabbath. It might be a Sunday. It doesn't make it a Sabbath. I'm blessed, very blessed, to work at Crowhurst Christian Healing Centre. And um, being a chaplain there, we have the gift, and it is a gift, of a quiet day a month. And the, um, the thing about it is that, well, most months anyway, it's a, it's a paid day. It's a work day, but it is not a day of work. It's a day that we can do anything we like as long as we Sabbath. So I have sometimes walked by the sea, sometimes I've sat and looked at a view, sometimes I've read a book that has got a, a spiritual theme to it of some sort. It's Sabbath. And I have to say, it is probably the day in the month that I Sabbath best. It's not forced. I've come to treasure the day and to look forward to it. I also understand that some of you might be sitting there thinking, yes, but it's all right for you. Because you're given a day like that and you haven't got the pressures I've got, you haven't got the children I've got, you haven't got the dog that I've got, you haven't got this and that and the other. And therefore, how can I take a day out like that because, well, hey, you're mad if you think I can do it. And that's true. That is true. We all have different pressures and therefore we have to find the way that we can Sabbath that works for us. And I think the truth is that Sabbath does not have to be a day. There are some days when it is really busy through the day. And I need a Sabbath of 10 minutes where I go outside maybe and I stand and look at the view and just allow my mind to settle. There's a big push on mindfulness at the minute, isn't there? And whatever your views of mindfulness, whether you think they're right or whether you think it's wrong... Actually, there is a good deal of Sabbathing in mindfulness. I was involved this week in a, um, other, other ways of thinking about Sabbath. I was involved this week in a discussion. Actually, Chris was part of the discussion too. Clergy and, um, and, and Richard, actually. Clergy and the Bishop of Tunbridge was there. And one of the things that the Bishop of Tunbridge said was that um, um, on his Sabbath, he takes a digi sabbath an electronic sabbath he doesn't look at his emails all day now there's a challenge he doesn't look at social media all day and that is a form of sabbath isn't it how many of us would actually find that quite a challenge i wonder you might be wondering what the reading that i chose has to do with the um this uh, theme well, I'm going to reread it to you, but in a different translation, in the message. And just the little bit that I think is really important. So it's Matthew 11, and these are um, 25 and 20, uh, sorry, 28, 29, 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. 
Watch how I do it, says Jesus. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that little phrase, unforced rhythms of grace, I think is at the heart of Sabbath. And I can't tell you what that means for you. I think I'm only beginning to learn what it means for me, really. What I do know, though, is that if we don't do it, our emotional health, our spiritual health does go into decline. And I know for myself that if I just keep going and I keep going and I keep going and I keep going and don't take those breaks, whether they are 10 minutes, half an hour or a day, I function less well. So it's a commandment, it's a gift and it's doing time out differently. The other thing I think about it is it has to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. It has to be intentional. There will never be a good time to take time out. There is always something else to be done. Always more to do. But if we don't do it, then we are fools to ourselves. And our physical, spiritual and emotional health will be the worse for it. So, Shabbat Shalom.